So, Justin, I have a question for you. Do you have a favorite muffin? Um, should we like narrow it down to like Costco muffins? You, you have like a good background on that, or just uh, in general? I do. Costco has what I would consider top tier muffins. Okay. Uh, my favorite go-to always is just double chocolate. Really? The double chocolate? <clears throat> yeah, I think so. Cause then, you know, especially if it's breakfast, you just get like a nice, a nice glass of milk or something, right? You know what? You bring up a good point. Um, I bring this up okay. because like I said, I think Costco has some of the best muffins. I agree. The only thing I think that beats out Costco muffins are homemade muffins. <clears throat> really? Do you, are you a connoisseur of, of homemade muffins? Um, I do. Specifically, my mother's muffins. <clears throat> okay. Uh, what does she she made, or one of her friends made, a batch of banana nut muffins okay. that I would probably die for. They were delicious. Um, they were the were they muffins that, like, three days later were still a little moist. Nice. Well done. They were, again. What's, what's her name? Absolutely die for. Mary. Mary. So, yeah. Mary the Muffin Lady. Yeah. Mary... What's that? What's the what's the muffin song? Uh, the muffin muffin man. Do you know the muffin? Yeah, man? that do one. Do you know Mary the Muffin Woman? There you because go. I, I do. We I, should probably get this started. This was uh, I, a regular I opening. Costco <laughs> far and away has some of the best muffins in the in the business. I would agree well, with that though for that 100%. price point, right? As oh, always, without a doubt. As always. All right. Yeah. I guess I guess we can get this rolling. Right, cool. As I'm running the show solo once again, because uh, what's what's that guy's name? And Andrew Tenney, that's right. Another, another episode where he failed to show up. And by failed to show up, I mean he has his uh, actual job that is preventing him from being here. But that is all right. How it's could a- he miss the world-renowned locker room is the real question. And episode number 53. I mean, come on. It's a horde excuse that he actually had to go to work. Uh, but that's all right. I am here, just your host, Justin Reed, alongside nobody. Uh, just me today. This is The Locker Room, episode number 53, presented by Spokane Talks. And sponsored by both Lucky Bird and Windermere. And I think it's my turn to do a Windermere read, right? I think um, so. I believe so. I think, I think, or not Windermere, sorry, a Lucky Bird read. I knew ex- what you were saying. I'm pretty excited here. This is the third time. Uh, Andrew was, was generous enough to forward me his, his ad read here. So let's, uh, let's get rolling here with Lucky Bird. The Locker Room is sponsored by Lucky Bird, a Spokane-based e-commerce and digital marketing company dedicated to helping local companies scale in the online world of e-commerce and digital marketing. Visit LuckyBirdBrands.com to have a down-to-earth, no-pressure conversation about your digital marketing and e-commerce strategies today. Truly, if you do want to find the best company in the world, actually. If we're doing an Olympics on digital marketing companies, they're gold every time. Every time. Every every single time. time. It's not even close, actually. Uh, So visit LuckyBirdBrands today to get that process rolling. Uh, let's Let's get this show rolling. You're down here in the Holly Mason Building, downtown Spokane. Episode number 53, and as usual, we'll open up with a couple jerseys here. Uh, former Ma- Mariners players who wore, wore number 53. Arthur Rhodes, big-time reliever for the Mariners. Uh, big Arthur Rhodes guy here. He is a, a Cincinnati Red. Uh, always liked Arthur Rhodes. Don't remember too much of him. He was early, mid-2000s, um, but I do always, uh, I always appreciated him. Uh, Greg Dobbs, um, who is an old-time Mariners, actually drafted by the Mariners. Uh, didn't spend much time there before he was released. David Ardsma was a Mariners closer for a long time. Uh, the, If I'm not mistaken, he is the f- first, alphabetically, he is first in Major League history, A-A-R-D-S-M-A is his last name. 
that's kind of a fun fact. Dan Altavia, number 53, was just traded uh, from the Mariners to the Padres as some of the largest uh, thighs in the business. It's actually pretty insane. Uh, Dan Altavia also can throw 95-plus. That always helps when you're a baseball player. Switching over to the Seahawks, Keith Butler was one of the first players to wear number 53 for the Seahawks. He actually is now the defensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He played 10 years uh, for Seattle. He was the linebackers coach in 2005 when the Seahawks lost to the Steelers in Super Bowl 40. So uh, he's kind of a traitor on one hand as well. Uh, had a really good 10-year career with the Seahawks. Finished second all-time when he retired uh, in tackles as a member of the Seahawks. Uh, Nico Kudavides. <laughs> Only with the Seahawks for a year, but uh, I'll always remember his name. Um, Malcolm Smith, Super Bowl MVP. Malcolm Smith uh, hasn't done much. Here he is as a Cleveland Brown. I actually didn't realize that, so that's always good to know. Uh, caught the game ceiling interception in the NFC Championship game before the Seahawks went to the Super Bowl uh, against the Niners in the NFC Championship game. And finally, uh, Joey Hunt, center, number 53. Uh, hair like that, you got to be. Famous, right? That is, is an that, impressive mane. It's a very impressive mane. You don't see it too often in the NFL. What's in, and some of the reason for that is you can actually be tackled by your hair in the NFL. There's no rule to uh, grab hair. So that's really? kind of a yeah. You could literally. Well, I, the more I, you know, man. You can you if you go back, you can actually look up highlight videos of people pulling out dreads of players as they run by, um, which can't be uh, too comfortable. Not too comfortable at all. All right. So tonight we have the NBA draft. Pretty exciting. Usually a pretty fun time. Uh, Spokane has a pretty large connection to tonight, actually. Uh, potential of three players going in the first round. Uh, most likely two, but a potential three. Um, obviously, Jalen Suggs will be going. Uh, Corey Kispert will also be going today as well. That starts at 5 o'clock tonight. Uh, you can catch it on ESPN. As you can see here on the screen, that will be happening uh, in the Barclays Center in New York. Both Corey Kispert and Jalen Suggs will be in attendance in the green room, so you'll see them go up to the commissioner, give him a hug, you know, all the fun, normal stuff that they do. Uh, should be a good time. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it, actually. I'm going to do a quick mock draft. We're going to figure out – I'll probably be wrong. Let's, let's be honest here. Uh, there's going to be trades that are happening, so we're going to do this with the idea that trades are not going to be a factor uh, tonight, which is also not going to happen considering there's been a lot of talk, a lot of movement here in the top 10, uh, a lot of people who aren't uh, quite sure. Oh, McWhippy's back. That's nice to see. He said, hello, guys. Too bad I'm here alone, but oh, that's all right. McWhippy, it's been a while. I, I appreciate it. Uh, so let's get rolling here with, with who I believe will be drafted here in the top 10, which I'll extend to a top 11. You will see why. Number one, the Detroit Pistons have this pick. They're terrible, terrible last year. Um, they could really use a guy who can score, who can become the new face of the franchise. They haven't had one of those in a long time. Uh, most likely, they will be picking Cade Cunningham out of Oklahoma State. Most electric score in this draft. Can pretty much do it all. Uh, create his own shot. He can pass it. He can lead a team. Uh, there's no doubts about his, his shot-making ability, his skill. He's a 6'8", 220. Freshman out of Oklahoma State. Uh, in 2020, uh, he scored 20 points, six rebounds, three and a half assists, and shot 40% from three. Pretty much every mock draft in the country has him going number one, so it would be a surprise to see anything else different uh, come about 5.05 tonight. Uh, Cade Cunningham is expected to be the pick. Next, and with the second pick of the NBA draft, Houston Rockets, who also were equally bad, 
Granted, they also didn't have anybody, and they traded their best player away. Uh, the Houston Rockets are also in need of a high-scoring playmaker, athletic, also freshman. And I expect them to pick Jalen Green here. And you can see him here in his jersey, the G League Ignite. Uh, he was the first player in basketball to ever take advantage of the G League rule and go straight to the G League instead of going to college basketball. We've talked about this a little bit on the show. I don't really agree with the G League uh, aspirations that a lot of players have. Nobody knows of Jalen Green outside of basketball circles. A lot of that is because G League basketball is not super exciting in the, in, you know, in the grand scheme of things. That's why someone like Jalen Suggs, whose name will be coming up pretty darn quickly, made the right decision by going to college rather than the G League. Jalen Green, G League Ignite, 17.9 points a game, four rebounds, almost three assists, and shot just a tad over 36% from three. He is also one of the more gifted, just pure scoring prospects in the draft. Plenty of room to grow at 6'5", 170. His body quite, isn't quite matured. Um, plenty of room there for him to grow, but I expect him to go number two to the Rockets again because of the fact that he does have a high, high ceiling. Um, I expect him to go number two. Number three, for the Cleveland Cavaliers, this is where a lot of people expected potentially Jalen Suggs to go. Uh, it looks like Evan Mobley has been kind of rising into that third spot. A lot of people are projecting Evan Mobley to go number three here to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, they're looking at the Cavaliers, at least are looking to move into the top 10 again, uh, potentially grabbing another one of these top prospects. But here at number three, they're going to take Evan Mobley, seven foot, 215 freshman out of USC, a very interesting seven foot prospect, a guy who has very quick feet for his size, incredible shot blocking ability, helped USC have one of the top two point defenses in history a season ago, even though Drew Timmy took advantage of him multiple times uh, there in March Madness. Evan Mobley still has a lot, a lot of talent, 16 points a game, nine rebounds, two assists, and shot even 30% from three, which for a guy his size with not really a ton of shooting acumen is not too bad. Um, <clears throat> I just think Cleveland's backcourt and what they have right now <clears throat> with Colin Sexton, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, is just going to prevent us or sorry prevent the cavaliers from taking on jalen suggs um mobley's just going to be the pick here so that leaves number four <clears throat> going to the toronto raptors jalen suggs out of gonzaga of course that'll be nice to see him coming off number four not quite the highest draft pick in gonzaga history that still is going to be adam morrison but arguably the most hyped prospect to come out of gu all time suggs had an incredible year leading one of the best college basketball teams of all time to almost an undefeated season average, just over 14 points a game, five rebounds, four and a half assists and shot 33% from three. But a lot of what Jalen Suggs does on the basketball court goes beyond just his pure stats. He's a team leader. He organizes the team. He can break presses. He's quick on the defensive end. Some of the quickest feet in the draft. He's young, which again, another freshman coming off the board, which has been kind of the way college basketball has been going. <clears throat> Suggs was just a joy to watch. Probably the best playmaker and passer in the league, coming into the league. Uh, some of the passes he made last year, I mean, you could, you could just look them up. You'll find them. Uh, it's impressive stuff. Uh, you got to love watching J Jalen Suggs play. It would be a shame to lose him from GU next year, but I'm really excited to see what he'll be able to do in Toronto, uh, a team that really isn't as bad as that number four pick is representing. Um, he's going to essentially take over the Kyle Lowry role in Toronto. Um, I just v see Jalen Suggs going to four. There have been some rumors floating around that 
the Golden State Warriors want to trade up into the spot. Now, if that does, in fact, happen and they take Jalen Suggs, could you imagine Jalen Suggs running an offense with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson uh, next to him? What he was able to do with Corey Kispert would be uh, child's play compared to what he could do in Golden State. But I expect, again, in this mock with no trades coming, uh, I just expect uh, Jalen Suggs here to go to Toronto, which is where he has been projected to go for a while. Uh, pretty excited to see what he can do in Toronto. <clears throat> All right, moving on to number five. Uh, we will have the Orlando Magic selecting Scotty Barnes out of Florida State. Scotty Barnes and the rest of the Florida State Seminoles are an extremely athletic team. You see a lot of impressive uh, just skills coming from Scotty Barnes. Uh, he's kind of kind of he's kind of gone under the radar here um but he's a guy who should go top five uh six eight freshman 225 like i said out of florida state just over 10 points four rebounds four assists and shot a little under 30 percent from three on the season he doesn't quite have a jump shot he's not a very splashy pick but he's a very competitive hard-nosed guy coming out of that seminoles program i uh, expect him to go number five here to the magic number six oklahoma city thunder will be selecting James Booknight out of UConn, a sophomore, the first uh, non-freshman to be picked uh, in this mock. I have him going to the Thunder. 6'5", 190, uh, scored just a shade under 19 points, eight rebounds, two assists, and shot under 30% from three. Uh, but he's really risen over the last couple weeks to get himself into the top echelon of this lottery. Uh, sounds like... The Thunder kind of fell in love with him. He shot lights out at his pro day. He measured well in all of his uh, drills. Very versatile backcourt guy. He can do it all. Uh, there's a couple options Thunder could go with here, but I just um, have been hearing and seeing that it looks like he will be going, the shooting guard out of UConn will be going to the Thunder at number six. Moving on to number seven here, I have Franz Wagner out of Michigan going to the Oklahoma City, uh, sorry, Oklahoma State. Warriors. I did they say Oklahoma? I just said the Oklahoma State Warriors, didn't you, I? You definitely did. I that. definitely did. It's okay. We'll forgive you. I got it. I'm all over the place. See, this is what happens when Andrew's not here. It's I all just, Andrew's fault. Definitely. It is all Andrew's fault. But that's all right. We're gonna we're gonna keep it rolling here. Franz Wagner out of Michigan going to the Golden State Warriors. Uh again, another guy who actually I saw in person a couple of years ago uh at the NCAA tournament. Um he well, is he's a sophomore. I saw him um, last year, actually. Uh, very athletic-looking guy. Uh, kind of, I'm not super confident with this pick. I'm not a huge fan. Uh, but he is a very versatile, another versatile guy, still only 19 years old. Uh, has the frame, the shooting the defense to be an early NBA contributor, but still has the ability to grow into his body style. Um, I, he's fine here. Uh, again, don't love it, but uh, that's where I have him right now. Number eight for the Magic, I have Jonathan Kaminga of the G League. Uh, second G League guy to come off the board. He was considered to be po a possible number one pick after dominating the G League early on, but some question marks came from his offensive efficiency and his approach, which is bumping him down, which could potentially be a big steal for the Magic here at number eight. Uh, very impressive athlete uh, coming out of the G League. Uh, some people have him a little bit lower here. Again, a lot of the issues surrounding his um, his approach have uh, have gone very noticed in the NBA circles. Um, he scored just a shade under 15 points, seven rebounds, three assists, 24% from three. A six foot eight, 205 pound 
uh, strong forward out of the Congo. A uh, lot of upside here with his length and athleticism could definitely help the Warriors moving forward. Number nine, uh, going to who does have the ninth, ninth pick? The Kings. There we go. Uh, is Alperin Sengun out of he plays for Besiktas Turkey in Turkey. Uh, very big in the kind of nerd analytics circles. A lot of potential here. A lot of guys have been very obsessed with what he can do. He averaged 19 points and nine rebounds a game uh, for a very young guy. Again, he's an international guy, 6'10", 240, who's played professionally for a few years now. Uh, he, again, the fact that he plays for a good professional team, he has a lot of fans already, could draw a lot of Turkey fans to the Magic. Uh, but I have him going there. Number 10, uh, I have... Let's go. Let's go, Josh Giddy, heading to Memphis. He is out of Australia. He's again not quite 19 years old. He is Memphis traded up here actually already, and I think this is who they're looking at. Um, he's the best passer in the draft. He and Suggs are probably one in one A one B. He's a, another big bodied wing, which in today's NBA is very important to have. Um, I very much like his size, 6'8", 205. Uh, I think, you know, the it's talked about the Warriors having interest in, in him at seven. That could be a possible fit there. Um, I just think he's going to fall that international with COVID. I don't think people were able to quite see as many people in person as they would have liked. So I think he would be a decent fit here at 10. And to throw in number 11, because I can, we're going to put Corey Kispert going number 11, to the Charlotte Hornets, the first upperclassman in the first round, and actually one of the only upperclassmen um, who will be going one of a few uh, here in the 2021 draft. I have him here at 11, which is a little early in some drafts that I've seen, but I really like his upside with LaMelo Ball there in Charlotte. Another big-bodied guy, uh, play from day one, shooting's going to translate to the league just fine. Imagine LaMelo Ball, who's just as good of a passer as, as Jalen Suggs was. Imagine him off the ball from LaMelo Ball just taking a pass and, you know, knocking down 40-plus percent of his threes. Uh, his hustle, his rebounding, you know, essentially makes him an instant contributor to the league. Uh, I really like what Kispert can do, obviously, as a four-year starter at GU. He did a lot of special things. 6'7", 224, uh, 19 points a game, five rebounds, two assists, and shot 45% from three. Uh, I just really like what he could do in Charlotte. I would love to see him go 11. I would love to see him go in the lottery, actually, wherever he ends up going, if that does happen. Uh, it's going to be fun, though. It's going to be fun. If, if GU can get two guys going to the lottery this season, I think it's really going to set them up well for future drafts moving forward. Um, it's a lot of guys wanting to come in, uh, more potential, more options to be drafted higher up. So that's happening again. NBA draft tonight at 5 p.m. on ESPN, happening in the Barclays Center in New York. Hopefully, we will see a lot of GU names come off the board. Uh, looking forward, at end of the first round, maybe, but probably early second, will be uh, Joel Iyayi. Right now, ESPN has him going 36 to the Thunder, which uh, would be unfortunate. I don't want to see a GU player play for the Thunder, but it is what it is. Uh, Philip Petrushev, who left GU last year, played internationally for a year, is also projected to be drafted sometime in the second round, most likely. Uh, had a very good year internationally. We'll see if he makes that jump to the league as well. How was that? That pretty good breakdown. You think you think I'm going to be spot on? Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, you will probably be 100% correct, or you'll be entirely wrong. That's 
or a little right and a little wrong. That's that's the third option. That's the uh, third I'm option. Really, I'm really toeing the line with my opinion on that one. Yeah, you're just you're riding that fence, which is fine. What you can know, I say? It's 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 a specialty. You you have to. Uh, McWhippy wants to know where Gingy is. <laughs> uh, Gingy is at work. That's pretty funny, actually. That is really funny. He's Good. not tech guy anymore. He's he's not tech guy anymore. He's he's gingy next week when he shows I'll, up. I'll remember that. I'll remember that. Good, good. All right. So we've had this. We're gonna shift gears a little bit. You know, this whole COVID aspect again has really altered the draft. It altered college basketball. It's altered altered sports in general. Um, we're seeing this very interesting dynamic happening, specifically in pro sports, and even more specifically in the NFL, where the NFL has required all coaching uh, personnel and very highly suggesting that all players get vaccinated. It's a very interesting perspective because you look at what's going on in the NFL right now. Kirk Cousins, Cole Beasley both have come out. Both have said, essentially, Cole Beasley said, I'm not going to get it. I don't want it. I have no reason to get it. Kirk Cousins has come out and said, the NFL is essentially forcing us to get it. If you don't get the vaccine, your life is going to be hell. They're going to make it really rough on you. And so for the betterment of my teammates, for the betterment of the team and the success, I will, in fact, get vaccinated. So moving, looking forward here, the Seattle Seahawks, 100% of all of their coaches are vaccinated. All but one player has at least one shot of the vaccine. The reason that I'm bringing this up is we're, we're kind of entering this situation where professional sports, which makes billions of dollars a year, is trying to prevent, for instance, the Premier League soccer in England lost $4 billion last year because of the COVID pandemic. The NFL does not want to find themselves in a position where they lose money again like they did last year. Everybody lost money last year. You look at from businesses, small businesses to the largest businesses in the world, everybody lost money in some regard. And the NFL is viewing this vaccination status as a way to keep their business safe. And I'm all for choice. I'm all for people deciding what they want to do with their own medical history. But in the case of a business that makes billions of dollars a year that can't afford to have games postponed, the idea that they want players to be vaccinated actually makes sense. It it makes a lot of sense. I'm kind of surprised that they're having issues with players not wanting to get vaccinated. Um, I think a larger view picture of everything that's going on throughout the entire country is the messaging behind the vaccines and the messaging behind masking up is, is convoluting the actual vaccine um, distribution. And you're seeing that a lot in the NFL, a lot of players, and not just in the NFL, in sports everywhere, you're seeing a lot of players continue to question not so much the success, but a lot of the messaging behind the vaccines. Um, And so, but they want to make money. You know, obviously teams want to make money, players want to make money. Uh, The safest thing to do is to get vaccinated because that means that they should be fine to play, right? Um, unfortunately, we are seeing a little bit of an uptick in the, uh, pot, the positive tests as far as vaccinated players go. But as science has shown, it does seem to help the, uh, the dangerous levels of uh, the COVID-19 uh, illness, I guess you want to say. But it's, they've already had two coaches get fired in the NFL. One was a Vikings assistant coach was fired, then rehired as a front office member. Uh, Cole Popovich, Patriots assistant line coach, was fired, doesn't have a job because he refused to get the vaccine. Uh, Again, like I said, the NFL is requiring all coaching staff members to get the vaccine. So you can kind of see where we're going out here. The Seahawks said they have 100% of all coaches vaccinated. It appears most uh, actual coaches around the league are all vaccinated or we'd see way more firing. So um, then you look at the college level and you you see the, the athletes, the student athletes, the coaches who work with these student athletes, uh, not getting vaccinated, having issues with getting their players vaccinated, 
And specifically, the closest example we have to home is that WSU head coach last week uh, did announce that he will not be taking the vaccine moving forward. He cited personal reasons. He is not going into details as to why he does not want to get vaccinated. Recently hired from Hawaii, had a solid first year, is looking to build off of that first year success. He was projected, he and the rest of the Cougars were projected to uh, be last in, in the Pac-12 North which, I mean, is what it is. They were also projected to be pretty bad last year and had a pretty good season. So he went out, and he wasn't able to go attend Pac-12 Media Day. He did attend it virtually. Uh, he's getting roasted pretty much by everyone, every news outlet in this area for not taking the vaccine. Uh, it does cause some problems as a head coach. He still has to distance, has to mask, has to um, some, you know, being inside of buildings. He can't be so close to people. So definitely from a purely sports perspective, uh, pretty dangerous for the Cougars moving forward as far as their long-term success, considering the rest of college football will be back to normal, allowing for just a little bit more uh, fluidity as far as play calling and coaching goes. Um, surprising, though. Still surprising. Uh, WSU, the president's not happy. A lot of WSU alumni are not happy. Uh, former board of directors, board of regents at WSU aren't happy about uh, Rolovich's decision, but it's his, it's his future he's betting on. I mean, he makes, he's the second highest paid public employee in the state behind, uh, actually, I think he and UW's coach are pretty darn close. Um, but essentially, both of them make multiple millions of dollars a year. And it's kind of surprising. If I was making that amount of money, I would have been vaccinated last year. I would have found any sort of vaccine uh, to put inside my body if they would give me millions of dollars a year. So uh, really weird dynamic happening in the world of sports with the vaccines. Again, like I said, if we compare this to what's happening on a uh, messaging comes from the government, from health professionals. There's a lot of weird information going around, uh, a lot of convoluting messaging that I think is preventing people from wanting to get the vaccine, including, you know, you're looking at Cole Beasley, Kirk Cousins, uh, some of the assistant coaches I mentioned, Rick Dennison of the Vikings, Cole Popovich of the Patriots, and then now Nick Rolovich, head coach of the Washington State Cougars, is declining to get the vaccine. So moving forward, we'll see how that changes and how things go. Uh, the NFL did say that if a team cannot field a uh, team that it will not be rescheduled this year like it was last year. They will, in fact, forfeit, and uh, the win for the other team will be given. So I don't know. What what are your guys' thoughts? Pretty interesting stuff, right? That, you know, these guys who, again, I mean, they're literally, like, betting on millions of dollars or just completely, you know, they just don't even care, right? It, it should be interesting. Um, I would need to look actually more into it to have a legitimate actually opinion on an it. actual argument or um, actual point it's definitely interesting though well it should be would, interesting to see how the season goes would you i mean it just seems surprising to me for how much money is involved like i mean they're taking such a and i mean they're taking a stand i mean you can't oh it's it's you, definitely a stand it's a yeah. huge stand for some of these guys i mean again nick roll let's see how much rolovich makes uh he makes again you can this is all public information he's making three million dollars a year and Mike Leach made five. Yeah, Jimmy Lake's making three. I mean, these guys are, I mean, again, he's literally betting on $3 million of his salary if it doesn't go well because of the fact that he can't coach as well. He could get fired. I don't know what's in his contract. I don't know if you can get fired for not sure. taking a shot. I don't think the Pac-12 has has said that, so I don't, it's just surprising to me. It's very surprising. I don't um, know if they could, then again, I don't know the rules and regulations right? behind it. I don't know if he could actually get fired over it. Well, that's why it's interesting in the NFL. Yeah. Like, I don't know where, like, I don't know if they agreed to this or if this is something NFL is like, well, we can do it because we can, like we want. 
I mean, yeah, the NFL is yeah. a lot different than college that's, athletics. That's very true. So I think that that could be kind of part of it. Um, Should be very interesting, though. That's for sure. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting moving forward. So um, let's let's talk let's talk about tox, toxic relationships here. You guys have any toxic relationships? Just uh, just Vinny. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. just um, just you and Vinny. That all of us. Just Andrew. You know. Yeah, Andrew usual. Tenney. That not that sense. I can think of off the top of my head. I'm, uh, I, I'm not the most, a big proponent of toxic relationships. The mo- what about you? <laughs> big toxic relationship guy. Uh, no, the, the biggest and most ridiculous relationship I am in um, is with the Mariners. Far and away, the Seattle Mariners hurt me more than anybody has in my entire life. I, I could see that with you, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just constant heartache. They just rip my heart right out. They don't even care. They don't even care about me. They'd rather save money. They'd rather be mediocre while I sit here giving them all of my love. It just doesn't, it just, it's, it's not a two way street. Well, and all their decisions purely are based around how they affect you emotionally. It I believe be, right? that they made a, they made a statement saying that as well. That's what I thought. I'm actually pretty upset about it. Uh, it's, it happens every single year. Um, but I still love them. I still love them. I let my, let them into my heart every single year. But then they kick me to the curb while saying they can't wait to see me happy, be happy in the future with whatever I decide to do. Um, but in fact, I want to be happy now. I want them to succeed now. I want them to win now. I just am really hoping that they can make some noise this year. They're two games out of a playoff spot from the Oakland Athletics, who currently occupy that position. Um, but they just are always rebuilding. It's been a constant rebuild for 20 years, it seems like. Um, but... They have a chance. They have a chance. They have a negative 58 run differential, which is terrible. Um, and it's okay as long as they keep winning, I think. Um, actually, I have a question here. Would a player's vaccination status affect how you draft in fantasy football? That's a great question. That's a really good question. See, I, I don't think so. Because last year, there was no vaccine, obviously. And the NFL played. I drafted whoever I wanted to draft for whatever reason. Um, I would never draft Cole Beasley or Kirk Cousins anyway um, for two reasons. Kirk Cousins is too up and down, and I hate small white wide receivers in the NFL, even though I did have Julian Edelman on my team, which I hated that pick because he got hurt and he wasn't very good anyway. Personally, I don't think the vaccination status would affect my draft strategy. My draft is coming up here in a, about three weeks, but it is a good thought, something I'll have to think about, actually, um, that does kind of get my brain churning here. All right, I'll have, to, I'll have to come back on that one. I'll have to come back on that one. That's a good question, though. Um, so heading back to the Mariners here, I a few days ago, they had one of the best comebacks, arguably, in Seattle Mariners history because of how it happened, uh, the current state that they find themselves in in the wildcard hunt, um, the team they're playing, and it got me jacked. Did, did we get that video? Is that the, uh, the Grand Slam? Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll play that in a sec. So essentially, the situation was Mariners went down 6 nothing, uh in the first inning. They were down 7 nothing later on in the game. They ended up coming back to win 11-8, to and it was all thanks to the team, but specifically Dylan Moore, who hit this go-ahead Grand Slam in the bottom of the eighth inning, and everybody went wild. Let's go ahead and watch that video real quick. Bases loaded, two outs.
There's nothing more exciting than that. Baseball gets a lot of hate for not being exciting, but T-Mobile Park was the most jacked up I've seen it in a long, long time. That put them a game back from the A's a couple nights ago in the wild card hunt. It was, again, like I said, one of the more incredible comebacks in Mariners history. Uh, then, as I mentioned about the whole ripping my heart out, the day after that happened, off of that extreme high, Jerry Depoto, the GM of the Seattle Mariners, ended up making a trade with the Houston Astros, who we are currently playing, uh, traded Kendall Graveman and Rafael Montero uh, for two guys, one of which is a 37-year-old uh, closer, or actually reliever, Joe Smith, and then 24-year-old Abraham Toro, a corner infielder. Um, this destroyed the uh, attitude in the clubhouse, unfortunately. There were a lot of reports, a lot of them coming from Ryan Divish of the Seattle Times. Uh, here are a sample sampling of the quotes that came from some players. Uh, are you kidding me? It never changes. They don't care about winning. How do you trade him and say we care about winning? And you trade him to Houston. It never changes. And some player said of DePoto, he hasn't come down here. He sits up in his suite playing fantasy baseball and rips apart our team without telling us anything. Another player said via text, no one has heard a thing. And later texted, I've seen a lot of teammates walk out the door, but this one hurts the most and is the most messed up. The team deserves an explanation. And then Marco Gonzalez went on to Instagram, essentially saying goodbye to Kendall Graveman and then saying that he's going to need an explanation for this one. And then Kyle Seeger's wife even posted a... Uh, an emoji with the zipper over uh, the lips. on, And um, a lot of people were pretty upset. Very weird move to make coming off of a game like that. Uh, Graven's only given up three runs in 33 innings, became one of the best uh, relievers in baseball this season. He's been a kind of middling actual uh, starter, ended up switching to the bullpen last year and has been one of the best relievers in baseball over the last two years. Uh, DePoto did say that more moves are likely coming, so don't take this one on face value. Unfortunately, it's hard to do so. After a game like that, Mariners went on to win, lose, sorry, lose the last two games after that trade, um, both of which they were not very competitive. Um, so it was just kind of a shot in the gut again. This whole idea of this toxic relationship between, between me and the Seattle Mariners continues uh, and probably will continue for a long time until this rebuild that's been in process for the last five or six years actually comes to fruition and things actually happen. Uh, we'll see if that does, in fact, happen, because if not, that relationship is just going to continue to get even more and more toxic. But uh, the Mariners do play. Actually, they have an off day today. They play the Texas Rangers tomorrow night, uh, and Texas is is hot garbage. So they actually have a chance to continue to make up some uh, games on the Oakland Athletics and actually the Toronto, not Toronto, Toronto's behind them, and the uh, Rays, who are a couple games above the Oakland Athletics. So Another weird uh, news that actually was broken yesterday, uh, the Big 12 lost a few teams or could potentially lose a couple teams. Oklahoma and Texas plan to move to the SEC in 2025. They have already asked for a formal invitation. Uh, the Big 12 commissioner sent a cease and desist letter to ESPN yesterday, essentially saying that ESPN has been actively engaged in discussions with at least one other conference regarding that conference, introducing additional members of the Big 12 conference to leave the Big 12 conference. That is, in fact, the Oklahoma and Texas news of them wanting to join the SEC, which ESPN just received the broadcast rights to. Uh, the network, the Big 12, said that the network, network is intentionally interfering with our business operations by encouraging other conferences to poach the members of the Big 12 and providing incentives to them to do so. Uh, that was Bob Bowlesby, the Big 12 commissioner. Uh, pretty serious allegations, actually, against the Big 12, sorry, against ESPN in uh, the, um, the Big 12 SEC battle right now. Uh, the Big 12 is really having some problems. Other members are talking about leaving the Big 12. Could, in fact, be folding sooner rather than later if these accusations are not true. Uh, big news there, though, in college football, which will keep an eye on moving forward because 
Um, Big 12 is one of the largest conferences in football. SEC obviously is the largest. Um, with ESPN getting a large share of the broadcast rights to the SEC, there is a little bit of funny business potentially happening behind the scenes. Now it's up to the Big 12 to prove that. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that moving forward because that could end up being some huge news against ESPN, uh, which they have been dealing with plenty of negative uh, press over the last few months, actually last few years. Um, but this one could potentially be one of the worst as far as pure money goes. Um, but I do want to point out who's not doing bad, uh, and that's Windermere Services Mountain West, one of my favorite companies in the world, actually, but specifically the Mountain West. Absolutely great company. Absolutely great company who proudly services over 60 Windermere offices in eastern Washington, Idaho, eastern Oregon, and Montana. They are all in for their local communities. At Windermere Services Mountain West, relationships are the foundation of their business. The mission is to be successful, team-oriented real estate professionals committed to exceeding expectations through accept exceptional customer service. They are Windermere. Windermere Services Mountain West is committed to the communities in which we live and work. We are all They are all in for you. So if you need a real estate agent, look no further than Windermere Mountain West. They have plenty of offices in the Spokane area with a lot of very qualified and impressive realtors, right? Absolutely. Are you going to buy a house soon? Uh, probably not, but you know, you never know. All right. You never really know. Uh, let's see here. You guys, what's, your, what's your thoughts on Barstool? Um, so I have not personally watched a whole lot of Barstool stuff. Yep. Um, the little bits I have have always been entertaining. Right. Um, Podcasts and yeah, other videos. I, they're, right. a, they're there. That's my opinion on them is that they're there. <laughs> right. That, that's fair. You know, they, they've, they've, they were, they were built from the ground up being essentially nobody. Now that is a, true. That is true. I mean, they're a, you know, tens of millions of dollars. Uh, I mean, they've, they've literally just grown. Uh, they now have a uh, female CEO, which a lot of people said was just them, you know, trying to fill a spot. Um, but she came, Erica Nardini is actually a very impressive uh, individual who runs Barstool now. Uh, essentially, why I'm bringing up Barstool, actually, going back to college football, is Barstool now owns the sponsorship rights to the Arizona Bowl, uh, which is big because that's what CBS used to have uh, the broadcast rights to. So Barstool Sports will be the exclusive broadcast partner for the game. Barstool Sports does not own any TV rights, but the company will utilize its full uh, website, app, social media to broadcast the game. A lot of people are pretty upset about it, actually, considering um, that Barstool is, again, new to the business. And this will be one of the first bowl games, actually the first bowl game, to never be, to not be broadcast on network television. Uh, again, the Barstool CEO, Erica Nardini, said that she believes that what they can do is to take the best of traditional broadcasts and take the best of traditional sponsorship and do both in a brand new way. We think we'll bring new fans. We know we will bring a level of energy and we'll cover the game in a way that is completely unique and uniquely Barstool. So would you watch a, I'd watch a Barstool broadcast of a football game. I think that actually sounds pretty, pretty fun. Um, it depends. I mean, would you watch it with us? You wouldn't probably sit down and just watch it like on a Saturday and be like, this is so exciting. I would, I would watch it with you guys. Yeah. I'd be down. Yeah. I'm actually pretty excited to see what they can do. Again, it's moving the media forward in a way that has never been done before, in a way that probably freaks out some of the major networks like ESPN and CBS and Fox. Which is probably forward. a good thing. Yeah, it does. I mean, it makes them also have to grow, and it makes them you know, cater to the audiences a little bit more, considering those three have uh, pretty much ran everything um, over the last few decades. So uh, pretty excited to see what they can do. Uh, also, since ESPN usually has a lot of those, it'll be nice to see somebody other than ESPN actually get a bowl game. So... Um, 
I want you to show me before. Okay, so a little bit of background. We're gonna move into jabroni. Actually, let's 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 do our jabroni. Let's do our official. Do you have that? I, our, I do. The the yeah. one that you yep, requested. Let's, yeah. Let's let's put that up before the show. I wanted Sam and Vinny, uh, specifically Sam, uh, to make a very special Photoshop of a movie poster that puts the best of both worlds for my 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 two top jabronis of all time. Um, let's go ahead and toss that up there. And, and you have not seen this, correct? I have not. Yes, I have not seen this yet, so I'm very excited to see what he was able to come and up with. And before we go into this, yeah. I do want to let you know. Uh, after you are done, I actually, since you know, this is this is, I'm co-hosting with you today a right. little bit. Yeah, I actually have a jabroni myself. So oh, once you do. you're done here, Perfect. yeah, I am. I am yeah, thrilled yeah. to hear yours actually after this. So, <laughs> so here, here's my jabronis for the day. This is Space Jam 2's moving poster here with LeBron front and center, as always, uh, King Jabroni of this show. It appears. And uh, we put Andrew Tenney also as our jabroni here. He's a, he is Andrew Bunny. He is Andrew Bunny right now. So he is a jabroni for not showing up to the show for now the third time. Um, this one, again, he, has, he is working, so I, I will forgive him for that, and I will forgive him for his other absences. But uh, I'm going to make him a jabroni anyway because I wanted him to be next to his good old pal LeBron there in Space Jam 2. I saw – have you guys watched – did you guys watch Space Jam 2? I have, and it's my jabroni actually. Oh, even better. So I yeah. go ahead and do yours, and I'll give my little breakdown. Go okay, ahead. Okay, so my jabroni is Space Jam. Yep. Um, I I personally am indifferent about LeBron. Yep. Uh, and he's, I understand your gripes with him, but he's a great player. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. He's, he's one of the best to ever play the game. One 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 A one B. Yeah. My yep. have you seen the movie yet? No, I won't. Okay. Well, my issue with the movie is the fact that. They what they did with Lola Bunny and Bugs. Okay. Um, they changed it to Andrew and Justin, and it oh, was oh god, yeah, here was, we go. Oh man. Oh boy. The acting was really poor. Um, <laughs> Look at my the, ears, though. The, the Photoshop job during the whole movie was just really strange. Uh, <laughs> it was it was rough to get through just staring at. But your face is the entire time. Was I at least a good like a decent actor? Um, the cartoon half was pretty good. Uh, I actually haven't seen the movie. This was just, this was just, you this was just, this was just to, for fun. This was just for fun. Yeah. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, yeah, I, I heard it's not worth it. Um, I saw someone tweet like, well, if you don't like the show, it wasn't, or the movie, it wasn't designed for you. It was designed for kids. And it's like, I don't care. I can yeah. still say it's, I still like Disney movies. It's not like, oh, yeah. and, and other like new animated movies are fine. So when people are saying like, it's not built for you, it's like, well, a lot of these movies aren't built for me or us, True. but I still liked it. Um, I just have no interest. I have no yeah, interest it, in watching a subpar actor like LeBron and yeah. weird animation and a already a weird premise. Just no interest. I, I understand why they did it. I do too. Um, I love the first one still. Right. I still think the original is fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, I'm glad that I still think the weirdest thing was how the internet freaked over, freaked out over Lola Bunny. Yeah, and they she's, did. She's obviously aged, which yeah. is exactly right. what should happen <laughs> that happens to bunnies it does it does it, it does happen to bunnies yeah. they do in fact age uh animated bunnies um confirmed do age do you so. think you're gonna watch it no no i no. will probably watch it i have access to hbo i mean i could literally watch it for free but i don't want to give a dime to lebron okay that's that's understandable i'm not not a big fan of giving royalties he makes so much money he doesn't need my royalties someone else will give him his royalties. i can't imagine how much money he's made off this movie can't, no it's got to be it, ridiculous i mean just yeah Wild, wild amounts of money that I can't even fathom, I'm sure. So uh, I'm going to change it up a little bit. I've been doing a lot of like sports fact of the day. And that's been pretty fun, right? You've, you've oh, learned yeah, some pretty I've interesting been, I've stuff, right? I've learned, I've learned so a few things. I, I'm, I'm running out of like really good facts. Like a lot of them coming up are just garbage ones. So I think I'm going to switch it to today's sports fact to 
on this day in sports history. I think that's a little Ooh, more interesting, so right? what you're saying is you're introducing a brand new segment. I am introducing a brand new segment today without Andrew Tenney and without his approval. Oh, man, oh, man. But that's that's the, that's the joy when you're the one here, right? Like you can, yeah, you can yeah, do yeah. whatever you want. Like I could say whatever I want. I could I could well, put him on a movie poster. I mean, I could mute you, but you, you could know. mute me. That is true. You do have that. Sort I have of power. all the power here. You do have all the power. That is that's fair. That I won't is do actually that, very fair. I won't so do that, though. it's okay. Um, I'm gonna give you two here. Ooh, starting off the new segment with two. Yep. I like it. So I have to figure out. Okay, yep. I have I have two, and they're gonna be the oldest ones on this day. So on this day, July 29th. You want the 1751 or 1874 first? Uh, you know, we'll go chronologically, so 1751. All right. The first international world title prize fight happened on this day in 1751. Wow. Who was, who was fighting? Jack Stack, which seems fake. Jack that's, Stack. That's got to be fake. That's totally fake, actually. I should probably double check. Is this. it Jack the Stack or Jack Stack? Jack Stack. Okay, okay, okay. Yep. Of England beats his challenger. I guess they don't have his first name. It's M. His initial is M, but it's Petit of France. That's why. If you have a name like Petit, you're obviously going to lose to a guy like Jack Stack. Yeah, but you right? got to think it's also the... I mean, he had to be somewhat decent for the first... What did you say it was? Prize fight? First world title prize fight, yeah. I mean, he had to have been... Well, it's France. Good. The guy's from France. Of course he's going to lose. I think, we've, I think we are well established on your opinions on France. Yeah, we are well established uh, on... Yeah, well, a lot of people are. A lot of people know just historically... The French have been decently weak, right? That's not just a me thing, right? That's, that's your like opinion. A, that's world history. I think that's world history. <laughs> I think that's they, they they lose a lot. They need a lot of help, um, which is fine. Um, they they prov- they provided a lot of cool things to this world. It was a 20, 29 minute fight. It was in England, so he had home field advantage. That's that's probably we're, it. we're we're excluding French revolutions from the topic, correct? Well, that's French beating other French. Like it's, it's I mean, it's like two Still, weak guys. They're, uh, they're like, pretty well, they're pretty impressive doing revolutions. Right? What? They're pretty impressive during revolutions. They look impressive. We are also dumb Americans, so... Yeah, but we win a lot. We or actually, do we just have the biggest stick? That's it. That is there very true. That does help. That definitely helps. All right, 1874 on this day, Major Walter Copton Wingfield. That's quite the name. Major Walter Copton Wingfield patents the portable tennis court. I don't know what that means. <laughs> what is a portable tennis court? Is that ping pong? Or is that literally a portable tennis court? And that's right. You said the internet's down. So I, I can't even look up what that is. I'm going to look it up on my phone. Okay. Well, if it's not ping pong, as, as a, you know, while you're looking it up, I'm going to assume it means ping pong or table tennis. Um, you would hope so, right? In 1874, that's decently new. So he's, he's, he's in the International Tennis Hall of Fame. Okay. No, wait. He patented a new and improved. I'm not going to find it. That's um, okay. No, he, his idea was to create a portable t- court for playing the old-fashioned tennis and imagine the game being constructed on croquet courts. I don't think this is actually that impressive now that I'm reading up on it. I think it's just a garbage patent. I can make a patent for something that isn't that cool. Um, but still, that. Major Walter Copton Wing- Wingfield, whoever he is, nicely done with that patent. Um, quickly here, ending up the show uh, with, as usual, closing time. Did you look at my closing time, by the way? It's actually kind of cool. Actually, I don't know. Did you send me your closing time? No, I didn't send you anything. I didn't send you anything because there's nothing really to send you. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. I, I, saw, I saw that. That is... Um, it's pretty interesting stuff. Real interesting. So MLB will be testing over the next few years new technology to combat sign stealing in the majors since the Astros cheated their way to a title a couple years ago. Uh, Astros are cheaters, and they should have their title taken away. Anyway, that's a discussion for another time. So it's going to start out here in the minors. It's called PitchCom. PitchCom system consists of a small push-button 
button, push button device worn on a catcher's wristband, as well as audio transmitters in the sweatband of a pitcher's cap and inside the catcher's helmet. The catcher's wrist device has nine buttons that can be used to signal the type of pitch and the desired location. Each button corresponds to either a Spanish or English audio recording that will be heard in the ear of the catcher and the pitcher. The transmitters use bone conduction technology, meaning the recordings will bypass the ear canal but can still be heard. This is intended to reduce the amount of worn technology while also allowing players to maintain situational awareness. Essentially, it's like encrypted end-to-end on multiple levels. Uh, again, it's, it bypasses um, the ear canal. So, it, like, I don't even – I don't know how they do that. I've seen that sort of technology, but I don't know how it works. Um, pretty to cool see it stuff. In baseball will be – they, interesting. It's going to be very interesting because, you know, a lot of just classic baseball is, you know, you, you throw the signs between the catcher's legs yeah. and like everybody, and there's always been sign stealing uh, manually, but they use technology. The Astros did when they won uh, the title. So it's trying to prevent that sort of sign stealing, but still it's a very interesting piece of technology. And that's what MLB does. They use their minor league teams to present new technology, to present new rules, to see if it'll fit on the professional level. Uh, again, this has been, is just starting to get introduced here in the lower a minor league programs of baseball. So we'll see if that does end up coming to the pros anytime soon. It seems sort of complicated. Like that's a lot of buttons that he would have to push, right? Like I feel like, I don't know. Well, it just I, seems... I don't know either. Is it, it depends on how big, like are they little tiny buttons? Is it going to cover like right. half of his forearm? Is right. it just going to go around his wrist? I also feel like that's a lot of potentially technology a lot of to just, just have on your wrist right? too. No, especially I, as a catcher. Right. I mean, and what happens if it gets hit? I think they have two. I read that they'll have two. Each team will have two. Only the catcher who's actively catching will gets, gets to wear it, and the pitcher actively pitching gets to wear it as well. But they'll have an extra in, like, a sealed box that can't be opened by, like, anybody. I don't know. It's, it's very interesting stuff. So. I would assume that whatever material they make out of it would be pretty durable. You'd, you'd, you'd hope so, right? Uh, I know that they, they, they tried to do, real quick, they tried to do another system where on – underneath or like behind the uh, home plate, they had like little lights that they were trying to show that only the pitcher could see from that height. But, you know, pitchers have different heights. So that obviously was scrapped pretty darn fast. So uh, this technology is pretty interesting. We'll see if that does, in fact, make its way to the pros anytime soon. Um, hmm. But Yeah, we'll see. All right. How are you guys doing back there? We're, we're doing pretty great. Good. Yeah. Vinny? Nice. That's what I like to hear. All right. Well, that was another solo show here on The Locker Room. Uh, Andrew should be back next week, uh, in theory, as long as one of his co-workers don't bail on him at the last second. He, did he text us that last night? Yeah, yeah, it was last night pretty late. Right, pretty late. I was playing softball, which, of course, we won, as did usual. Did you get hit at all? Did I get hit? Yeah, you, no, you I didn't always take, come in with war I didn't, stories from I did not take a, a ball off of anything. Congratulations. Um, is, this the first, is this the first, first game this First time season? in a while, actually, yeah. Mm. Usually, I, I get drilled by something. Um, but not this time. So we'll be here next week on August 5th, uh, show number 54 here on The Locker Room. Again, Andrew will be back next week. But thanks for stopping by here. Uh, again, this is The Locker Room presented by Spokane Talk, sponsored by both Lucky Bird and Windermere Mountains West. Uh, we'll see you next week here in the Holly Mason building. This is my verbal salute for uh, Andrew, Andrew not being go. here. Good call.